Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I am joined by Chris Legg and Brent Starnes. This is Reconstructed Faith. Welcome back to the Reconstructed Faith podcast. My name is Colson Lechner, alongside my partners in crime, Bryn Starnes and Chris Legg, and we are starting a new season <laughs> today of the Reconstructed yes, Faith podcast. Um, and we're talking, at least in, in this uh, series, we don't really know how long this is going to go. Yeah, we we really <laughs> welcome to us. Are exactly. you new to the podcast? Exactly. <laughs> if you are, uh, we're terrible at that. We're terrible at that. <laughs> But we 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 want to be good about being thorough That's and asking exactly hard right. questions and yep. answering or uh, responding to questions that also come up um, from our listeners. So I, I just got a comment. I just go for it. Um, you know, one of the podcasts I admire a lot is the Bible Project mm-hmm. podcast, and they started a series at the beginning of 2022, going through the the five books of the Torah, uh-huh. and they they said we don't we're not sure how long this is going to take. We're going to try to unpack this, you know, <laughs> the bit by bit and well, they just finished. Oh, wow. So it's, they, they were like, well, it took a year. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel better. We, we had no idea it was going to yeah. take a year. So yeah. anyway, they that's seem good. so much better organized than us, but yeah. maybe it turns out. Anyway, it's, that's, well, that's and, better. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the depths of those oh, gosh. five books. <laughs> um, and so anyway, we're, we're not jumping into the Torah no, we're <laughs> right now. Oh um, no. We're actually... Um, going to be talking about politics in relation to deconstruction. That's right. And so if I were to throw it over to you, Bryn, what is kind of your thought initially thesis statement Yeah. when we bring this up uh, and then we can throw it to Chris and we're, we're really just trying to intro where we are and then yep. we're going to start jumping in with terms, Yeah. Uh, which we, which we often like to do to mm-hmm. start something new. Yeah. I would say initially if anyone panicked and is about to, to quit here and now. <laughs> yes. Just give I us, don't want another political commentary. Yeah, give yes. us a minute. Because I know that's, I feel like that's scary. And that's one of the reasons that we're doing this is the fact that if you exactly. are listening to a podcast, specifically a Christian podcast, and they even say the word politics, a lot of our initial reaction would be a, a groan of some kind of like, yes. oh gosh, I know where this is going to go, or I don't want to know where this is going to go. And so... Um, but that kind of points to part of the reason that we're doing this is we have realized that just in our culture right now, there are a lot of people who are deconstructing because of, um, politics and specifically like politics and theology being combined in a way that isn't helpful, isn't godly, um, and, and are deconstructing either because of the politics of maybe their churches or their families, their parents, um, the way that their communities have handled politics and it has been so closely tied with Christianity in a way that is harmful to them that it's caused deconstruction. And so with that in mind, we just have a heart of like the purpose of this whole podcast is to address different areas of our life that, that we do want to deconstruct. And so we don't want to to ignore this one. Um, But part of our, our purpose in this is just, more to talk about how, how politics and faith integrate, like what is appropriate, how to make informed decisions as an engaged believer 
and when engaging with with others, but not necessarily like our goal is not to tell you what to think on each issue as you come right. away from this these episodes. And so we have talked about multiple times in our episodes that um, our citizenship is primarily of heaven right. and not of a party or even a country. And so mm-hmm. um, part of our goal in this is reminding us that our allegiance is to God above party or platform. And, but also politics are important to some degree. And so how do we do that well? Mm-hmm. And how and do we... And you're speaking to like us and people who claim to be Christians. Right. That's kind of where we're coming from. If you are listening to it, and you're skeptical of Christianity, you've kind of walked away. I, I have no idea where you're at mm-hmm. um, listening, but just know that like that's where we're coming from. Right. Yeah. And so that's kind of, you You can understand that that's kind of the assumption that we're making. Yeah. Well, and, and even like defining some terms so that if you are someone who has deconstructed because of politics, maybe helping give some clarity of, hey, this, this political... Um, issue or term is not the same as like, it's not equated with all of Christianity. That's right. And I think some of that clarity will hopefully really help any of our listeners that are deconstructing who have been around people who have combined things that shouldn't, um, Mm -hmm. aren't, aren't equated. Or have experienced the consequences of people combining them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I mean, we've heard about that from many friends, those who have strong faith, those who have deconstructed their faith and others, the, the difficulty of having parents or family members who, who they they what they call Christianity really is just a political stance. Yes. Um. Yeah. And and I mean one of the words we'll have to define before we're done is hypocrisy, mm-hmm. because I feel like that is always a part of the question of of deconstruction is when we run into something that we know what what is being presented isn't what is real, mm-hmm. and uh, any any faith that requires you to pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. If I may quote the wizard of Oz there, um, it's, it's hiding something and there's something wrong there. And it, it, it may not be the faith statement. It may not be the truth of the faith that's hiding something, but the person who's reve- trying to hide something rather than reveal is. And uh, so we run into that all the time. And we, we do go into this political conversation with fear and trepidation. I think <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. you, you will, we, we will, work hard to be careful not to endorse any party or any person um, uh, for multiple reasons. One, that would not be a good use of our time, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be a good use of what we're doing. It's not It's not who we are or why it's we're here. Yeah. Um, it also would be actually offensive to the law. There's such a thing as the Johnson Amendment that as a as a church, though individuals, we certainly have freedom of speech and we can say what we want and, and all that. Um, and I embrace that. I also recognize the the government has said, hey, don't, as a church, we don't want you to be, um, you know, endorsing a certain candidate or certain, and I, I agree with that. I, I, as a church, I don't think that's our job and I don't, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want the consequences of that. Um, uh-huh. uh, a couple of years, a few years ago, I wrote an article, this was a dubious distinction, but I wrote an article about the Johnson Amendment and had an atheist organization reach out and ask if they could republish my article that was in support of the Johnson amendment. And they were like, can we re republish that on our material as you as a Christian leader and pastor supporting it? And I was like, I, I mean, I guess it's out there. I'm, I'm happy with you to do that, but how that felt a little strange, but yeah. it was still, it was great. But um, I'm a fan of that. I, I don't, 
I don't yeah. want our church to become a, pol- a political tool or, mm-hmm. or the wing of a political party. And yeah, I'm and, not a fan of that. And even when it comes to specific issues, like we may mention them and we've mentioned them in the past, like of course. S- certain political issues mm-hmm. when it comes to being a believer and thinking of how to critically think about these things. But, mm-hmm. but I think if our goal is not to even specifically tackle all of those, because we, right. I mean, that would be another year in my mind of of podcast to to do that well and oh, to yeah. hear yeah. believers who think different things on those and right, right, right. And we would want to do um, those justice, and that's you know important, but not our right. primary purpose. Yeah. No. So. Yeah, I think that's good. And then the <clears> other <throat> thing is like, I also think of you know you're talking about endorsing uh, one party over another. We, we have a newly elected U.S. congressman who is a member of our church. Right. And so it's like, we we are going to, to use your term, we're going to keep the lights on. We're going right. to adhere to what the Bible says. And if somebody who is aligned a certain way politically chooses to be a part of the church, that doesn't mean, well, we're endorsing every single um, thing that somebody like... Wow. Do you, do you know what, I, do you know I what even, I'm saying? It makes or? me want to jump. So you referenced a second ago, maybe this is when we go ahead and, and reference the phrase separation of church and state. Because, uh-huh. I mean, what you just said makes a great example of it in okay. that. Um, uh, so I'm a, I'm a government teacher at times. Uh, every four years or so, I teach a government class, and I'm in the middle of teaching it right now. And this is one of, we just went through constitutional law. What does the Constitution say? And I give the, these poor students um, like 20 statements and ask which of them are from the Constitution, and <laughs> none of them are. Um, they usually miss about half of them until they catch the pattern. But, um, but this is one of them. The, the, fra- the word state, separation, and church, none, of those, none of those individual words appear in the Constitution in any form, um, much where, less together. Where did, that, where did that come from? Okay, so it actually came from a letter... Um, it's, it's typically given credit to Thomas Jefferson, although there were people talking in these terms before him. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in the early 1800s, um, a letter that um, Thomas Jefferson sent, and you can look up the letter, the actual letter online and, and read it. But the idea, even from the beginning, from the First Amendment, which talks about the government establishing no religion, um, all of the Constitution was created to protect the people from the government. <clears throat> now, there's certainly a sense in which it also protects the government from the people in, the, in a mob format, but that was not its real purpose. The purpose was to protect the people from the government. The Constitution was written as a series of restrictions on government behavior. The government's allowed to do this, and the government's allowed to do that. And then, you know, the, the last couple of, of amendments, of early amendments in the um, Bill of Rights basically say, and nothing else. So if we didn't tell you you could do it, you can't do it. Now, obviously, that's been ignored by administrations and legislation legislations for the last two hundred years. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but that was the original intent. So the idea of a separation of church and state, even from Thomas Jefferson's perspective, is about the fact that the church is to be completely protected from the state. There is a wall separating them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not meant primarily to be a protection of the state from the church. And so, yeah, of course, the church has a role in influencing the government um, as individuals, as a voting block, as whatever you pick it. That's, as we talked about in one of our Q&As recently, that's part of our jobs is to vote our conscience. Right. Um, 
as a group, as individuals, as whatever. Um, that's that's every single citizen's job is to vote their conscience. Um, and nothing is supposed to protect the government from us voting our conscience or speaking about or writing about or practicing or gathering or all the different things protected in the first few amendments, right? So that's that's true all the way around. We we're not that's that's our right, quote, as Americans is to is to be able to live that out. So even though we are as as a Christian population or as a church, the idea would be that so our our friend who is a member of our church we're hoping to influence him. But as a politician, he's not, he doesn't get to have any official influence over us, right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't get to say, well, I'm a representative, so we're going to paint the church's walls this color and I'm the representative. Right, right, right. We would go like, I mean, that's sweet and everything, but no, we're, we're, that's not how we make decisions around here. But I'm a representative of the U.S. government and the church would say, I mean, you and, are. And thank you. That's great. But yeah. Thank you for we, your service. That gives you no authority mm-hmm. over the church. That was the idea yeah. from the beginning. Okay. Um, now, the church has no official authority outside of everybody else either. I mean, the church doesn't get to come in. That was the, We don't establish a state church. There's not a... Right. Th- there's no... In the way there's an, a Russian Orthodox church, there is not an American Orthodox church saying, hey, the government, you know, we're the ones who crown the president every year. Or right, right, like, right. That's not how that works. So yeah. um, that was intentional to separate those for sure. Um, but but of course phrase, we're supposed to influence it. But the phrase separation of church and state has been taken widely out of context oh, yeah. to serve whatever purposes. Yeah. Again, this is one of those wild things about politics, isn't it? That we all have to start a little jaded. Uh-huh. Like it's, It just feels like everybody uses whatever they want to use, whatever serves their purpose. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's called politics, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes. So, and uh, jumping into other terms then, yeah, transitioning from this, you know, we talk a lot, we, we, I mean, obviously we're going to talk a lot about specific things, but I would just want to start with when we talk about liberal and conservative, because <laughs> yeah. we're probably going to talk about those uh, ideologies, stances, whatever, um, as it comes up, because... I'm sure as people are growing up in, you know, maybe a more conservative background, um, and then they see things from a different perspective. So I'm just thinking a lot about where we where we are mm-hmm. um, located um, in East Texas. You're brought up in a certain way, with, uh, surrounded by people who believe probably really similarly. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... W- that what, seems to what, be true do you, what do you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then you're like, like anything, as you mature, you're then realizing, okay, I need to make my own decisions uh, and see what I actually believe. Um, and so I, I think it's important as we're going to be talking about that kind of liberal and conservative, what do we mean by mm-hmm. that? And then kind of with that, what does it mean? Far right, far left. Yeah. Kind of thing. Those can be terms that we'll use. Which I think is really valuable. I mean, if also because liberal and conservative have been, I've, we've all heard them be used as weapons. Like uh-huh. the words without have been, the definitions have been broadened and they've yeah. been used to lump a whole um, thing together and then been yes. used as weapons to describe someone who's not me yes, or mm. not yes, my yes, yes. group. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's really important kind to, of def- othering to define kind them. of a thing. 
Yeah, and I think um, I think we have. It's very common to hear liberal and conservative used across the board of like when you say conservative, uh-huh. you mean religious, political, national, you know, national, like yeah, right, every right. sense of the word or is all yeah. yes lumped together, and it creates so much confusion and even probably aids. I would imagine aids to with deconstruction because. It's like, oh, this this all is the same? Like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think it's important to, to define it, those. It makes it easy to reject the whole when uh-huh. you really only have to reject the part. Right. Yeah. And I think if you go all the way back to one of our very first episodes, we talked about the concept of cleaning out the underwear drawer. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. That's like when you when you have to go through and the your parents have bought your underwear your whole life and then... Now you're now you're moving into your college dorm or whatever, and it's time for you to figure out. Okay, you know what the Yoda underwear is probably not a good choice anymore. Like I've I've kind of <laughs> right. outgrown those. It's time to. I hope so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, uh, I mean, I but yes, I get them for Christmas all the time. But the uh, <laughs> yes. anything Star Wars, I get more every, information um, than we yeah, need. <laughs> exactly. Um, but the um, uh, but yeah, that you have to ch- pick and choose. And sometimes people's attitude especially nowadays is just to oversimplify not have a sophisticated way of it. And they just dump out the whole drawer. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't need any of these. And I mean, honestly, you probably need some underwear. So it's a like, okay, <laughs> so let's, let's, you evaluate them. Okay. Do I uh-huh. keep this? Does this keep, does this go? And not only are people doing that sometimes with faith that they, and, and, it, and the more you attach to it, the more parts there are to reject uh-huh. and you end up rejecting the whole thing. So, yeah. so two parts of this is if you are the person who that's your experience Hopefully this will be freeing to understand that yep. it doesn't all have to be. And then if you're on the other side of it and you're the one lumping every oh, possible gosh. definition of a term together, it it could be just understanding that it could be hurting someone, even in their faith. Yeah. And and in my opinion, it's hurting your faith and it is setting you up to deconstruct. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, anytime you, you put Christianity, you stack your Christian faith, your, your, Devotion to Christ, if you put anything under it, if you uh-huh. set it on anything else or even try to help support it with things like that, you're just asking for it to fall because it's yeah. apparently not what it's supposed to be. So that's mm-hmm. that's great. Okay, so let's so, discuss those. Yep. Um, so why is it confusing when we use those terms, especially like in, in this world, in the Christian world or in the Bible study world or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I th- and I'm going to throw another one out there. Uh-huh. progressive. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll get them um, all. And so I, th- I think in, and Bryn, you can kind of uh, address this as well. I think things are associated with opposition and uh, maybe some negativity to where it's like, okay, liberal means um, we're not like, they're not, they're, people want, bigger government, more control. This is leading us the wrong way. Conservative is like, okay, well, it's not as basically using the word to define the word is mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm trying not to do. Yeah. <laughs> but like a limited, limited government sa- sounds really good. And so it's, I don't, I might just delete all this. I'm, ram- <laughs> I'm rambling. Bryn, do well, you have a coherent thought? Because I, I don't have a very <laughs> coherent thought. I think just in my initial thought is when I, listening- By the way, I think you, I think that what you just did 
yes. would be what almost everyone yes. would do. Okay. Is that oh, if totally. they've not intentionally studied it, they're left yeah. with this, like, I have certain feelings about these words. Yes. Right. And I exactly. kind of think they mean, but, but yeah. But it's like how this word makes me feel or what uh-huh. this word. Yeah. Like the connotations with yes. this. Yes. Or like what... The I even heard a, a podcast. There's so many podcasts that I feel like have touched on this, but I was listening to one the other day and they were trying to define it and still wrestling with, well, some of it is, is what I associate with the oh, word yeah. when I hear it. Funny. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the actual definition doesn't really define how we think about it anymore. Like yeah. it was very much of that. Um, but I think my initial thought is the reason that it's harmful and the way that I've heard it used so much is, um, and maybe I just said this, but, um, we equate liberal with anything or conservative with, um, any group of political opinions and religious opinions. Okay, good. And so when I like, depending on, you know, which side you find yourself on, which I even like dislike the word side, but yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> which direction you find yourself in. If I say the word conservative, I could mean uh, some conservative political opinions. I could mean a group of people that hold to an opinion. I could mean morally conservative, meaning some different interpretations of scripture and those issues. And it's the same with liberal. And so, and I think depending on often when you are defining, if you're on one side or the other and you're defining the other side, it becomes (laughs) more extreme. So Uh if I am a liberal and I'm describing someone who's conservative, often I will ascribe, like assign the most dramatic opposition to my side as conservative. That's right. Instead of just going back to the actual definition of it. That's great. Yeah, that's really I don't good. Know if that so much of <laughs> what we do when we talk in these terms, it is the, so when you're driving down the freeway, anyone going slower than you is somehow mentally handicapped. Like there's something <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Why are you going? So? And yes. anyone going faster than you is a crazy maniac. Yes. Right. Oh and so gosh, that's yes. how you engage with, and, and that's what people do with these terms is anyone who's more conservative than you is like, oh, look at that old granny driving so slow in their left <laughs> lane. And, uh, and and anyone more liberal than you is a crazy, they're, they're blowing the whole thing. And it's a... It, it is a very relative concept. Yeah, so and then it becomes the liberals and the conservatives <laughs> yes, exactly. instead of like yeah. us and them. And yeah. right. <laughs> we, we've run into it's 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 humorous when we talk about it, because um, I have I have been uh, called out. It's an easy label, but I've been called out online with even sometimes within the same thread as a raging liberal and a raging conservative because it's relative. I well, yeah. one person is writing and I'm more conservative than they are. So I'm, you know, I'm an alt-right fanatic um, or someone else who is, I mean, our discussion that we did on the role of women in ministry, yeah, understanding where our church stands is, is extremely conservative in most circles and is crazy liberal in other circles. Yeah. And so there are people who would say, you guys are not following the Bible because you're not conservative enough. And I'm going to unpack what those words actually mean here in a second. So if I go just do it now. But but that's an illustration of the relativity of it. Yes. And what adds to the confusion. (laughs) And, And a healthy person is probably conservative in some ways and liberal in some ways Mm -hmm. and progressive in some ways. 
Now, what you do is, of course, you have to be, this is what's going to make this whole conversation. It's always what makes podcasts like this hard is uh-huh. we've got to have a sophisticated conversation. And in today's world, that's difficult to have. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, um, and so to have a sophisticated conversation is not easy. You're supposed to assign a label and create a meme and you've made your point and move along. Right. And the minute we hear the word that we don't like, we see red and right. then that's all we yeah. hear. That's, <laughs> that's all we got to know. Yeah. All I got to know. So, um, so when we're unpacking these, so let's start with these three headings in a very basic sense, obviously whole classes on this in the government class, but <laughs> conservative, the conservative viewpoint politically is the one that anchors itself in the tried and the true. Um, So I'm going to try to present them all from their own perspective. Like this is how they would describe it. Mm -hmm. So conservatives would say, listen, traditions are there for a reason. Mm -hmm. They are stable. They're, they're foundational. They are rock solid. They've worked in some cases for thousands of years. We, th- these are what create the stability for growth to happen. And if you start undermining, it's like if, if you start building the roof of your house out of the foundation materials, your house is going to fall down. Mm-hmm. So leave the foundation alone. Let it be stable. Trust in it. And then build on it of new things. But don't use the don't tear down the old things in order to build the new things. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's the conservative mindset traditional. It's anchored in experience. It's anchored in the past. It's anchored in the brilliance of the giants on whose shoulders we stand. That's the idea. Okay. Good? Good. Liberal, the liberal mindset is about personal freedoms. So personal, the for the the best world comes from my individual freedoms and your individual freedoms. That's the focus. It is about the rights of every individual to experience life, Liberty, the pursuit of happiness and pursuit of happiness as defined by me. Mm-hmm. And the, no one gets to tell me that kind of stuff. This is about personal liberties. That's what that's about. Um, and, and I shouldn't have to protect my own personal liberties, my own personal choice, my own personal freedom. So the reason government exists is to protect the, the freedoms of the individual. That's why governments exist. Mm -hmm. Conservatives would say the government exists to protect only fundamentals. The government exists to protect. So not surprisingly, typically conservatives look for a smaller government and typically liberals look for a larger government because the government has a much bigger role in the liberal mind. It's got to protect each of our individual freedoms, Mm -hmm. expand them and grow them and protect them. Whereas conservatives would say, Listen, you've got a job, do it, and then otherwise kind of stay out of it, mm-hmm. right? We'll right. take care of ourselves. The third one that you mentioned is progressive. Progressive is also a philosophy. Progressive, so each of these says, what is the role of government or what's the best life? Mm-hmm. Progressive, the progressive viewpoint is one that implements reform towards the best possible world. It's always about reform. Taking what exists, making it better. Taking what exists, tearing it apart, deconstructing it and then reconstructing it into something better. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you leave behind the past and you move towards something different in the future. Mm-hmm. So that's the, those are the basic principles of the, of those three different words that are often political, politicized. Yes. And, but that they are political words, like they're philosophical words first, right. but right, they right. are apply to political philosophy. So then would you say it is even 
I mean, at a minimum, un like unhelpful to use them when it comes to religion. Or well, yeah, that's so. That's what's interesting is you know so, what I'm saying. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. So it, it, how it, are they defined differently when we're talking about about religious philosophy? Yes. Yeah. So again, a religious conservative is one who's focused on the the issues of the past, the tradition, what is tried and true. Mm-hmm. And so we would look at church fathers. What did the church fathers say? How did they interpret this? What does the what is the raw fundamental of the scriptures say? Sometimes it's even how have we always interpreted this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what what's been the same interpretation for a thousand years? Okay, so that's going to be the the what what does everyone agree upon? What do the church fathers agree upon? What does the church authority agree on? What are the found the fundamentals? A liberal. So again, we're talking religious philosophy right now. Mm-hmm. If we talk conservative biblical hermeneutics or liberal biblical hermeneutics, you can totally imagine the more liberal biblical hermeneutic is going to be answering the question, what does this mean to me? Mm-hmm. And the more conservative is going to be, what did this mean from the beginning? Yeah. And so the the hermeneutic that we taught in this podcast is largely a conservative biblical hermeneutic, mm-hmm. which is... What John meant when he wrote a passage matters more than what I think it means now. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, and that has nothing to do with how I vote. Right. Exactly. Right. That has right. nothing to, that nothing is to do with conservative or liberal, or even progressive are just tags. They're a type of way of, of type of philosophical engagement. Mm-hmm. And so you apply it to political philosophy or religious philosophy or any other area of philosophy you are going to have in any area, any school of thought. Let's say it that way. In any school of thought, you will have the more conservative Mm -hmm. and you will have the more liberal. If you've been watching The Chosen, um, recently they've begun to talk more and more about the two major schools of rabbis or the two major schools Mm -hmm. of of the Sanhedrin at the time of Jesus. Those are one is the conservative and one is the liberal. This is not new. We've always, this this battle of who is more focused on the traditional and who is more, fo- more focused on the liberal, um, on the cha- on the individual freedoms, or even on progressive, meaning change for the sake of change, mm-hmm. um, is a like, uh, that's, that's, of course that's not new. Of course that's, right. the, the Plato thought about it, Socrates thought about it. I mean, this is a, this is not new. It's an ancient conversation and so when now, if we oversimplify it to only mean like there are conservatives, mm-hmm. n- there are not. There is no one who is a conservative about every area of philosophy or school of thought. No uh-huh. one is. Um, for, for example, uh, Al Mohler the other day referenced, he's like, I'm not a progressive, but I love antibiotics. <laughs> and th- it, I love airplanes. And there was a day when the traditional conservative thought was if God meant us to fly, he would have given us wings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would have been the conservative perspective. And so he's like, so when it comes to a flight, when it comes to air flight, I'm kind of a progressive. I <laughs> and, want it and better. Medication and, and medication. And yeah. medication. I want it better, faster, more effective. Let's change it. Let's tear down the past and make something new. Like, yeah, all of us are conservative in some ways, uh, liberal in some ways, progressive in some ways. Of course we are. And, yeah. and so it's never going to be accurate to label someone and go, you're just, yeah. you're liberal about everything. I promise yeah. you they're not. Yeah. Or, or whatever. So, but it makes sense yep. looking at it kind of from the political, uh, you know, lens yep. that these, uh, that these perspectives would be at odds with each other. Absolutely. Because their end goal 
the way to reach the end goal is yeah, very different. It's very different. What is the purpose of government? What is what is it supposed to provide? What is it supposed to accomplish? And so uh, not to uh, so just to make it easy on people to hear right now in America, if you divide out the two parties, Republican and Democrat, uh-huh. stereotypically, though not universally, Republican Party tends to be conservative, moving towards liberal. So conservative, liberal ish. And the, and the Democrats tend to be liberal progressive-ish. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, you know, that's that's kind of where our parties are right now. And that expresses the disagreement. The, the conservative parties or the conservative side of the thing is more likely to say, let's stick to the original meaning of things. Let's go back to this. Let's mm-hmm. look, you know, to family values, things that have been valued for a long, long time. And the more liberal, more progressive is going to say, no, we need to be focusing on personal rights, individual freedoms, and the government protect those. Mm-hmm. And that really does def- decide. I mean, when you look at our parties and when you see them fight about things, yeah, they're pretty close. I mean, yeah. that really is kind of how they how what they fight about. And okay. what we're not saying is that if you're the party of p- political, the Republicans that tend to be politically conservative does not mean that they are religiously conservative. That's right. And always, no, it's it, not the right. same. That's, that's those are not, or or not interchangeable at all. At all. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. In fact, Christianity is not the most conservative religion by any means. Right. Um, Islam is way more conservative a religion, even though mm-hmm. it came into existence 600 years later. Um, certain forms of Judaism are more conservative. You're saying you're meaning politically conservative or religious. Okay. As a religious, so again, keep in mind within Christianity there are more liberal and more conservative. Right. But if you divide, if you connect all the religions, which ones are more conservative or more liberal? It changes. It's yeah. it's different too. So. Again, it's it's just it's it's the simplif oversimplification of assigning a title. Oh, you're conservative. Yeah. And and what that then is supposed to tell me is I can now predict everything you're going to say and do. <laughs> yeah. And um it's just not it's not accurate. Yeah. And it's a mistake okay. to link them. And you can be liberal in one, even within politics, you yeah. can have a li- a more liberal perspective on one political yeah. plank and a more conservative perspective on a different political plank. Yeah. And that's allowed. Mm-hmm. If I, yeah. can, I mean, that's, in fact, every, I think kind of everyone probably does. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So kind of switching gears to another term that I think would be valuable for us to talk about um, as we're bringing up this idea of uh, kind of having a liberal bent or a conservative bent is the idea of hypocrisy. Yeah. And so... Uh, we we hear that word thrown thrown out a lot, especially in deconstruction. Um, having somebody, uh, and and we, this is not also this is not the first time we've talked about hypocrisy. We've mm-hmm. talked about it in previous episodes. Absolutely. I know, um, but and I know we'll again in the is, future. Yeah, sure. But how how do we need to understand this, or what is what is a way that we should be thinking about hypocrisy when it comes to this topic? Because hypocrisy. Is play acting? That's the is literal the, definition. Is the literal That's definition, right. and so it's a Greek word. Yes, mm-hmm. um, that references masks. Yes, if I remember correctly, I was trying to look it up real quick. But but someone who and we, when we see the term hypocrite in the Bible, that's what we're seeing is someone who <coughs> um, who is attempting to intentionally delude others, or who behaves in one way while verbalizing something different, um, and so. Um, it's a natural thing on Christianity because some in Christianity, Christianity actually offers one of the few solutions to hypocrisy. 
um, which we'll get to, but um, is when people have grown up being, quote, preached at, you know, somebody says, sin, sin, this is sin, this is sin, this is uh-huh. sin, this is sin, this is sin. And then it turns out the person is doing those things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that's a, I had a, I had a friend who was a, a, a an evangelist for teens, and I remember him <laughs> standing up in front of a group of parents one time, and he, he was holding his hands in such a way that he clearly had a martini glass in one hand and a cigarette in the other hand. <laughs> and he's going, kids, don't use drugs. And like, that is hypocrisy. When when you speak, this is what's morally right. Ignore the fact that I'm using drugs right in front of you, that I'm taking an alcohol and... Uh, uh, help me out. Nicotine. What's the cigarette? Thank you, nicotine. Uh, and... <laughs> yeah. uh, and so that's hypocrisy. Yeah. When you have a televangelist who creates a political party to get rid of pornography, and then it turns out later he's been hiring prostitutes, that's hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Now, why isn't that then the end of Christianity automatically? Because the main one is because we aren't hypocrites because we claim that we are messed up sinners. Yeah. And so we we any Christian who claims that you know, we've got it all together. We're morally right. We're perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You are a hypocrite because uh, yeah. I guarantee you, you're not and you're hiding <laughs> yeah. something or you're not hiding it well. So the, here's another thing that I feel like people might uh, interpret as hypocrisy. And it is, well, this person, they say that they're a Christian, but they vote for Democrats. Mm-hmm. So how would, or, by the you way, know, or the other way around. I've heard the exact you know? yes, yes. That you claim to be and a Christian, so, but you don't care about. So here's like a great one in today's. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever, yeah. Or yeah. Um, you're pro-life, but you don't care about homeless kids. Mm-hmm. And and or it is the kids once they're born at all. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, you say Black Lives Matter, but you should say all lives matter. Like that's a well, if Black Lives Matter, it's a hypocr- hypocrisy to say only one. You know, yeah. ethnic group. So th- both sides sling yes. mud, that's what yes. that's called, um, about hypocrisy all the time. Yes. As Christians, we would say, yeah, well, I mean, welcome to humans, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, are sometimes we, Are we saying that that, like, is that a correct way of saying, like, when we say, well, that's hypocritical, is that actually can hypocritical? Can be. It okay. might be. Okay. Um, it may be emphasis, okay. like, like with the Black Lives Matter slogan. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not supporting the movement or the website or anything, mm-hmm. but... The slogan does not say that all lives don't matter. It's just saying we're drawing attention to the fact that sometimes it doesn't seem like black lives matter the way they should. Mm. And so we're not saying that other lives don't matter. We're just, no, no, we're just trying to talk about this right now. Yeah. The same thing would be true about, you know, if I get up and say, if somebody gets up and says they're pro-life, you know, we need to protect unborn children. Well, what about these other kids? Yeah, absolutely. Those two, we're just drawing attention right now to that's not hypocrisy to say we're trying to care for, one population that doesn't mean we don't care about the other. We're just bringing attention to this one. Uh-huh. Oh, you only care about foster kids, not adopted kids. Like, no, no, we just don't have, we can't do both. We can't do everything all the time. Right. Uh-huh. So that, that's not, I don't think that's hypocrisy. Yeah. It, it, it is hypocrisy though, if you actually don't care about, so if you say, um, uh, here's one of my favorites to two populations that call each other hypocrites kind of constantly is people who are fro, pro capital punishment but anti abortion and vice versa. And so what is the how do you deal with so you you believe in the sanctity of human life but you also believe the government should be able to take away human life that seems hypocritical to some. Mm. Or 
you say you want to protect children, but you don't want to get rid of guns. That seems right. hypocritical because a lot of children die from gun violence. So what I love is when people who just assume that, oh, you must be a hypocrite because, because, um, but the other side will say the same. You say you want to protect children, but you won't arm guards at the school. Yeah. You're, you're a hypocrite. Yeah, there's two sides of that. There's yeah. always two sides to this. And so sometimes when you can get people together and realize, and the gun control one is one I've seen happen when you sit down and somebody says, oh, you're trying to protect kids just like I am. Mm. You just think there's a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a matter of you hate kids and I love kids, which would be hypocrisy. It is, no, no, we both love kids. And we're both trying to take care of them. We just disagree on the best way to do it. Well, that's not hypocrisy. That's just disagreement. Like yeah. the humility to admit where you do agree. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, anyway, we, we would hope for that yeah. whenever possible that that's part of the conversation. But And I think it's even more damaging when you associate it with Christianity, when it's Christians having those conversations of saying, I'm pinning hypocrisy on you because you don't see eye to eye politically on how to handle this situation with me. Right. It's like you're not serving the Lord because you politically think this is the way to handle this right. situation. Yeah. 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 There's a an area of hypocrisy that I got called out on that I really appreciated and it changed my life, which was the the claim that I wanted to change our nation, turn things around for our nation, you know, ha- have a, a Christian great awakening, all this type of thing. And someone said, well, you realize if we fostered and adopted all the kids out of the foster and adoption system, we would then probably have the influence over the rest of our nation. We mm. could shut down prisons. We could, you know, we could do make all kinds of massive changes. And it's not like we don't know how to do that. This is, it, it, you don't need to wait and figure out how to do this. You can do this now. Yeah. You can have a role in this. Well, when I got confronted on that by a speaker at a camp one time, uh, not directly, he spoke to the whole group and then we met with him. It was like, yeah, mm. you're right. I either need to stop talking about this or I need to do what I can do about it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so in our case, we fostered and adopted a couple of kids, which, you know, now I can't imagine my family without them, of course. But, right. mm. um, but again, I would say, yeah. And I like passing that along, like people who are going to say, oh, we're helpless. We can't change things but you're not doing the things you could do to change. That's yeah. in America. The ultimate form of hypocrisy is complaining about the government and not right. voting. Right. And that's, that is hypocrisy. You're saying you care about this, but you actually don't care about this. Yeah. And I think that's a totally appropriate. I mean, the Bible calls out hypocrisy kind of constantly. Yeah. Um, and the recognition. So what makes a Christian, hopefully not a hypocrite is that I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm jacked up. I'm messed up and I know I am. And I try to put these things in alignment, but I fail yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a great word, a vital word. And it, there are times when it is very appropriate yeah. to use it. You just can't assume you yeah. know other people's motives. Right. So that's what you have to uncover sometimes first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review will help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up, trust God, search for answers.